It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot to talk about on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. So thanks for joining us, whether you're new or old, a longtime listener or a brand new individual who just found out about the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're continuing on with our spring burning questions as we get ready for spring camp for BYU football. Today we were going to be talking about quarterbacks, but I had a question set in, so we're going to split it. It'll be Burning question number 3A and 3B because both of them are worth discussing, but I'm not necessarily sure that both of these topics can carry an entire show. We'll see. So we'll talk about both the BYU backup quarterback position and also the kicking situation for BYU specialists. I know some of you are real excited about special teams, but we'll talk about both of those on today's podcast, as well as catching up on all the other news in BYU sports. So let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 27th, 2019. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Proud to be doing this podcast each and every day. It's been an absolute blast to bring this to you. Talk BYU sports with you guys daily. A reminder for you guys, if you guys are out and about driving around in your cars, you can use your smart device, your phone, or whatever you have in your car to listen to this podcast. A lot of us use our smart devices. I use Siri on my iPhone all the time to make phone calls, to write down notes notes, send text messages, all that stuff when I'm driving. Well, guess what? It can do all the work for you to listen to the latest news in BYU sports. All you have to do is tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you're the latest and greatest news right there when it comes to the BYU athletic department, particularly BYU football and basketball. We're continuing on with our burning questions ahead of spring camp for BYU football. I mentioned on yesterday's podcast and in the open, we're going to talk some BYU quarterbacks. We'll do that here in this first segment. So, Without further ado, let's get going. So with BYU, of course, the news is that Zach Wilson will not be participating in spring ball as far as doing physical reps. He's still recovering from shoulder surgery he underwent in the offseason. Expectation is he's back in May or June getting ready for fall camp. He'll be participating in the meetings. He'll be out on the field, I'm sure, in his sling, uh, taking in the what they like to call the mental reps out on the field. But Aaron Roderick uh, gave us a little bit of, a, of news when it came to signing day I had a chance to catch up with him and talk about spring ball coming up and he indicated there are three players that will be chiefly competing four minutes during spring ball getting a long look showing what they can do and those guys are Jaron Hall Joe Critchlow and Baylor Romney. Now, all three of them are likely competing for backup minutes because I think the second that Zach Wilson is able to throw a football, he's back fully healthy, he is the starter for BYU. I know that Kalani Satake has stated multiple times that he will never go into a season having having a starter already installed before fall camp, but everything we have seen from Zach Wilson indicate that he is the present and future of the BYU quarterback position. Does that mean a guy here in spring ball of those three, speaking of Critchlow, Hall, and 
and also Romney could make an impression and really fly up the depth chart. No, that means they, they could actually absolutely compete for it. But it's it's right now these guys are competing to show what the staff what they can do. But currently, as constituted, at least in my mind, and I'm I'm pretty sure some of the BYU coaches' minds, this is for the backup reps to be the backup to Zach Wilson when he is fully healthy. Of course, they will let these guys have an opportunity to prove that they are the better option than Zach Wilson, but it's going to be hard to prove you're better than him, especially when he comes off an 18 of 18 passing performance. He's getting national acclaim. He went to the Touchdown Club of Columbus as one of the players to watch in 2019. There is a lot of hype surrounding Zach Wilson, so it appears that the quarterback position at BYU is set, and now it's a matter of, okay, which guys are going to be the backups and get the minutes when, get the reps when Zach Wilson is not on the field. Well, Jaron Hall is probably the presumed one that a lot of you are probably thinking is going to be the guy that is kind of the incumbent, I guess, for the backup position. He was the backup for a time last year, kind of going back and forth with Tanner Mangum. BYU got him some reps, but very scant, not very many during the season last year. They used the uh, bowl preparations to get him some extra work, but now that he's playing baseball, it appears that his his schedule is going to be very full this spring because he's already playing baseball with Mike Littlewood's program and by all accounts is a welcome member of that team. But he is on a football scholarship, so football has the first right of re- refusal on when and where he goes to play baseball versus being at football practice. Aaron Roderick told me on signing day that he will be at all football practices this spring, and I think that's a good thing because Jaron Hall really needs the reps he can get, especially the bulk of reps he can get with Zach Wilson out this spring. Uh, that also goes for Baylor Romney and Joe Critchlow. Uh, I see three different skill sets when I look at these three quarterbacks and uh, I know that they all can develop different things but they very much have different physical capabilities you have Jaron Hall who uh, in high school was a great athlete and it's evidenced by his ability to play baseball as well he plays in the outfield in baseball guy can run uh, he's very much in the same mold of a Kyler Murray and I'm not saying the same skill level don't don't get me don't confuse that don't don't say that Jay Catch is comparing Jaron Hall to Kyler Murray I'm just saying he's his ability as an athlete allows him to play multiple sports. He is a true guy that wants to sit in the pocket and make plays from the pocket. He's been trained as a quarterback to stay in that pocket as long as possible unless it is a called rollout or a designed quarterback run. He makes plays from the pocket and that's what he likes to do, but he does have the ability to escape and create with his feet. He has that athleticism. Then you have Joe Critchlow. Joe Critchlow is your statuesque, six foot four, uh, tall, big-armed, athlete at quarterback that can sling it down the field he's not fleet of foot Uh, he's probably a little better athlete than some people probably think he is but he is not the most fleet of foot so he is more in the mold of a traditional quarterback in the nfl sense where he's tall got a big arm uh, looks downfield makes plays from the pocket and if at very very last resort will scramble out of out of the pocket and then that brings us to Baylor Romney, where I see Baylor Romney as the true athlete of the entire of the entire team, uh, entire quarterback room, not of the entire team, but the quarterback room. Romney, I feel like could play multiple multiple positions on the football field. He is an athletic quarterback who is still refining, I think, some of his throwing motion and whatnot. He played quarterback in high school, so he's he's got the training as a quarterback. But I believe he's more of an athlete masquerading as a quarterback than as a quarterback masquerading as an 
athlete. Hopefully that makes sense. I feel like he is a guy that is best suited to play in uh, a system where it's the read option. You're making quarterback runs, decisions on the fly, rolling out of the pocket, making plays with your feet, etc. So there are three different uh, quarterbacks that'll be competing for reps here this spring. It'll be a matter of which one of those which one of those guys is the most effective with their skill set. Jeff Grimes is very much a guy who's proven that he's adaptable to the skill set of the quarterback he has. We saw early in the season with in 2018, Tanner Mangum was a drop back power run game under center, etc. But then when they went to Zach Wilson, it went to more of a spread look. Four and five wide receiver sets. Zach Wilson almost exclusively worked out of the shotgun. So We'll see what happens with spring ball, but these are very, very important reps. I think is the last point here for these three young men to show what they can do, to show the coaching staff, hey, I am the guy, I can lead this team, give me the reps, and we will, we, we will be able to succeed. We'll see who ultimately does that. I know that some of spring ball, well, the majority of it, I don't know why spring ball's closed down because it is a time where you're not really doing any game planning, but coaches in college football, Kalani Satake notwithstanding, they're egomaniacs and they want to control everything they, they can control and that they're going to close down practice. So we're going to see maybe 20 minutes of it as the media if we're lucky. So we'll give you um, our observations of what we see, but that won't be a full picture necessarily of what's actually going on. But the is a very important time for these quarterbacks, especially if they want to stake claim to that backup job and be the chief competitor to Zach Wilson when he's back healthy during fall camp in August or late July, early August. They've got to prove what they can do in spring ball here and really show that, hey, I'm a legitimate option, make the coaching staff really rethink where I stand on their depth chart. So there you go. Some of the thoughts on the quarterback position. And we'll get to a question I had next. I meant to spend the whole time on the quarterbacks, but I felt like, okay, maybe there's not as much to talk about. And I actually had a question sent in via email yesterday to lockedonbyu at gmail.com. You're always welcome to drop me a note. If you're an advertiser that's interested in advertising with the podcast drop us a note there at locked on byu at gmail.com and I had a note dropped to me yesterday via email about the kicking situation at byu and the competition it appears that there will be this spring and on into the off season summer workouts and fall camp we'll talk about that next right here on locked on cougars it's Kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining me on this Wednesday edition, hump day edition of Locked on Cougars. Uh, Today we're continuing on with our spring preview, getting ready for spring camp for BYU football. Uh, Burning question number three, we're actually going to kind of make it 3A and 3B. This is going to be the 3B portion of of the discussion. And it came off a question that was sent to me by Nick yesterday at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com, our email account for the podcast. And he dropped me a note saying, Jake, 
We have two scholarship kickers on the roster this year, Jake Oldroyd and Skylar Southam. Both of them are sophomore kickers. Who do you think wins out? Well, it's a simple question, and I, I think that it's actually it's something worth paying attention to. I know that the kicking game isn't necessarily the sexiest thing. It was kind of similar to us talking about the offensive line yesterday on the podcast, and if you've missed any of the podcasts earlier this week, we talked about who's going to step up a linebacker on Monday's edition of the show, so I would encourage you to check that out. We talked about the two open positions that appears on the offensive line yesterday at left guard and right tackle. You can catch up on that with yesterday's podcast, and then today, talk quarterbacks and kicking. Now, looks like there are two chief contenders for this job at BYU. There's an incumbent where Skylar Southam came off a mission a year ago and kicked relatively well, all things considered, having not kicked for two years while on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His competition has just enrolled in school after a, a... a fleeting starring performance in 2016. That would be Jake the Make or Jake Oldroyd, kid from South Lake Carroll High School in South Lake, Texas. Uh, came in and was kind of the hero of the, well, not came in and was kind of, he was the hero of the Arizona game and Kalani Satake's first game as head coach at BYU, making that game winning kick. Uh, he ended up uh, going the rest of the season, only playing in three other games, if I'm not mistaken. He was three of four on field goals in that game. He hit two against Utah and their 20 to 19 loss in 2016 the week after that Arizona win ended up going three of four on the season before suffering a season-ending back injury Uh, he is back off a mission I don't know what his status with his back is honestly I believe he underwent a procedure to rectify the situation and I do wonder about that he's back he's expected to compete for the starting job with BYU my understanding that he is on scholarship and very rarely do FBS programs take two scholarships for kickers especially guys who are the same year in school as I understand that Southam is a sophomore and now Jake Oldroyd back off a mission is also a sophomore he was not subject to the new red shirt rules that were in effect uh, when he before he left on his mission, so it's going to be interesting to see what these two players do. Um, Jake the Make, of course, yeah, he showed some. Uh, potential early on in that 2016 season. Uh, He had a long of 43 yards on his field goals in that game. Uh, He had one missed field goal in that 17-14 loss on UCLA in the third game of the season before going down with injury. And I'm interested now to see, okay, can he come in and be the guy that takes the job away from Skylar Southam? Because Southam a year ago, for all of the inconsistency and issues BYU has had kicking over the past decade, Southam looked like the answer a year ago. He was back off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was still getting back into football shape. And I get that football shape for a kicker is completely different than an offensive lineman, a quarterback, a defensive back, etc. But I really feel like Skyler Southam had a great year. He played in all 13 games. He didn't kick off much. He only had two kickoffs on the season. Uh, he did go 11 of 16 on his field goal attempts. That's 68.7%. So that's a pretty good clip. He had a long of 47 yards. It was his career long against McNeese State. And the game against number six Wisconsin at the time when BYU won 24 to 21, well, the hero was Southam. I know that Kalani Sitake wanted to highlight Gavin Fowler's hold on that kick. And after Absolutely. It was a great hold for, for Fowler to both corral that uh, snap and get it down in time for Southam to make the kick. But he did make the kick, a 45-yarder that gave BYU eventually the win after a miss on the other side from Wisconsin. But 
I think in terms of the kicking situation, to answer Nick's question, is that you, you just got to hope that uh, Southam is the guy. He's really kind of rounded into form. His mental uh, mental ability to really block things out, because that's one of the big things with a, as a kicker. You got to be able to mentally just block things out and go about your business. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Could one of these two players end up as the kickoff specialist, similar to what Andrew Mickelson was a year ago for BYU? Sure. Uh, but I'm not sure that it's worth having taking up two of your 85 scholarships for a kickoff specialist and a regular kicker. This spring, I think we'll see plenty of kicking. Ed Lamb is the special teams coordinator, and he takes a very... Um, very narrow focus on special teams. He believes it's a key component of the game. We've seen it change multiple games. If you're a college football fan or even just a BYU football fan, special teams plays a big role in football, plain and simple. I get that they're changing the kickoff rules and they're trying to make stuff like that more simple, but field goals, extra points, that stuff can't be ignored. And I know Kalani Satake has kind of made it more... um, made it more important to deal with special teams, especially when Bronco Mendenhall seemingly almost forgot about them late in his tenure, I felt like. He didn't necessarily think that kickers were worth a scholarship. Well, I think he realized really late in his tenure that was a mistake. They started recruiting guys like Southam out of Wasatch High School in Heber, Utah. Uh, Jake Oldroyd comes from one of the best high school football programs in the state of Texas. South Lake Carroll has put all kinds of talent in the college football and NFL ranks. So, I think that these two, you're going to be very interested. And normally when the media goes out to watch BYU practice, guess what we get to watch? Oh, yeah, a lot of kicking. We get a lot of the special team segments. So maybe we'll have a little closer report on how this kicking situation goes, or maybe the coaching staff feels it's a big enough deal that they hide it from the media. Who knows? I'm interested to catch up with Ed Lamb and talk to him about both Southam and uh, Jake Oldroyd, see what he makes of their abilities, uh, see if Oldroyd's ultimately healthy because – a kicker with a back injury, as anybody can point to Justin Sorensen, I uh, can show you. It's a it's a massive issue. You have back injuries. It's hard to kick consistently. It's hard to stay down on those kicks as you need to to get that form correct. And I just feel like right now, when you have an option in Skylar Southam, who has done it for an entire year, he stayed healthy by all accounts. It appeared uh, did relatively well, almost seventy percent on his kicks. First year in a college football program, some very high stakes, a game winning kick uh, against a team like Wisconsin. I feel like you let Southam have the lead in this job and tell Jake, you have every opportunity to earn it, but you've got to outperform the incumbent. And we'll see what happens there. I'm interested to see if Jake can step up and make an imprint. Uh, it's all going to just depend on who's more consistent in the kicking game. And maybe you really don't know that answer until the fall, fall and the games begin. I really feel like South improved himself a year ago, and you don't take that away from him. He was 42 of 44 on extra points. So you don't necessarily want to see two missed extra points, but it's 95%. He scored 75 points total on the season in 2018 and to answer your question Nick I feel like it's Skylar Southam's job until Jake Oldroyd takes it away from him maybe Jake comes back and says okay maybe I'm not going to win the kicking job but I can be that kickoff specialist we'll see what happens I'm interested to track that this spring it'll be an interesting question to ask Ed Lamb because he's always very thoughtful with his answers I'm sure he'll give us more of a detailed look at it but we'll break that all down for you as it comes along but I'm excited to track that and thanks again to you Nick for sending 
sending in that question. It was great to hear from you. Hopefully you're doing well. And if you guys do have questions, feel free to reach out. Locked on Cougars for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the show. You can hit us up on email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. And my personal Twitter feed, I've got my DMs open, is at Jacob C. Hatch. Feel free to drop me a note anytime. Questions, concerns, thoughts for the podcast, guests you want to hear from, etc. Let me know. All right, we'll step aside here, come back, catch up on all the other news in BYU sports that's coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. As we close out today's edition of Locked on Cougars, thanks again for your guys' continued support of the podcast. Listen to it in your car. Use your voice assist- assistant. Excuse me. A reminder for you guys. Just use it when you're in your car. You can say, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll be able to catch up on all the BYU news each and every day while you're driving around in your car. It makes it real simple. You don't have to make any concerted effort to sit down and listen to a podcast. When you're in a car, you're a captive audience, right? Well, you can get all the news you need to know with this podcast each and every day. All you have to do is tell your assistant, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll have it right there for you. All right, plenty of news to catch you up on today in terms of other BYU sports. Let's start off with women's golf. They finished up play in the Gold Rush Tournament at the Old Ranch Country Club in Seal Beach, California yesterday. They had their best round of the tournament to stay in their fifth place position, so congratulations to the women's golf team. They finished plus 21 as a team, one stroke back of Sacramento State uh, for fourth place and two strokes back of Long Beach State for third. Rose Huang uh, had a top 10 finish, finishing three over for a tie for ninth. Anna Kennedy also had a good showing, finishing plus seven for a tie of 19th place. So congratulations once again to BYU. Their next tournament will actually be their home tournament when they host the BYU Entrada Classic down there in St. George on March 11th. So best of luck uh, to the women's golf teams. They continue to get ready for their, I guess, unofficial home matches, the home tournament because they play it in St. George, but it's relatively close to home. So there you go. Women's golf off to a good start. Men's tennis has moved up another spot in the ITA national rankings. They're now ranked number 26 in the country, uh, their highest ranking since 2010. So congratulations to BYU. They are 10-2 on the year. They host number 40 Old Dominion Saturday at 5.30 Mountain Time. And good news for you is that men's tennis, they still offer free pizza for those that go out to those games, unless I'm mistaken. If I am mistaken, let me know. But I have not been told that they don't have that anymore. Women's gym, uh, not women, yeah, women's gymnastics. We'll start for women's gymnastics. I'd also got to talk about women's volleyball. Women's gymnastics, Shannon Evans, she won MRGC honors for the seventh straight week. The junior, uh, senior star just continues to get it done. She won floor specialist of the week honors for her performance at Southern Utah. She scored a 9.925 on the floor at that event. So congratulations once again to Shannon Evans. She t- continues to rack up weekly awards. And while continuing to lead the women's gymnastics 
gymnastics team. They're off to a decent start this year. Hopefully they can put together some wins. They're headed to the East Coast to face off against George Washington this Friday. In women's volleyball, four players will be competing uh, at the U.S. Women's National Team Open tryout taking place this weekend at the U.S. Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, Senior libero Mary Lake, junior middle blocker Kennedy Eschenberg, sophomore middle blocker Heather Knighting, and sophomore outside hitter Madeline Robinson will compete with other athletes from 87 colleges across the country for spots on the U.S. Women's National Team and also the U.S. Collegiate National Team programs. So best of luck to the four Lady Cougars competing there this weekend. It's a big opportunity. There's a lot of athletes there, but hopefully they can show well after making the Final Four this past season. One final note for you before we go is that men's and women's track and field have qualified 10 participants for the indoor at track and field championships taking place in Alabama next week. Uh, qualifying for third NCAA indoor championships meet All-American Andrea Stapleton-Johnson is actually leading NCAA Division I in the high jump. Uh, she has a qualifying mark of six feet, one and a half inches. That is a one and a half inches taller than your host, Jay Catch, is. So awesome to see that. Uh, Erica Burke-Jarvis will compete in the 3,000 meters for the women's team at the Nationals. She's also an All-American, had a qualifying time of nine minutes, point six nine seconds at the Iowa State Classic. She set a BYU record in that event when she set that mark. For the second year in a row, All-American Whitney Orton will make an appearance in the mile at the NCAA Indoor Championships. She's a junior. She f- f- earned first team All-American honors in the mile last year with a seventh place finish. She'll be looking to improve on that. The women's team will also have four athletes competing on a relay team in the distance medley relay. It's an event that BYU historically has done relatively well at. Erica Burke-Jarvis will be part of that along with Elena Ellsworth Lauren Ellsworth Barnes and then Whitney Orton who's also already made the tournament they'll be looking to improve on their fourth fastest time in the nation which they set earlier this year 1056.51 seconds so congratulations to them and best of luck on the men's side of things Connor Mance All-American Connor McMillan and All-American Clayton Young will be representing the men's team in both the 3,000 meters and the 5,000 meter races. Uh, Young broke the school record in the 5,000 meters at the Iowa State Classic with a time of 13 minutes 34.46 seconds. Uh, McMillan and Mance finished behind Young for number two and number three um, in in that race and also set the number two and number three times in BYU school history. So three guys that are expected to contend for a national championship in that individual event and hopefully can help the men's team have a good showing overall. So best of luck to all 10 athletes headed to the 2019 NCAA Indoor Championships taking place in Birmingham, Alabama March 8th and 9th. You can get a full list of the athletes along with meet information on NCAA.com. Alright, there you go. That's the podcast for today. You're up to date. You're caught up on everything you need to know about BYU sports. Thanks again for joining me on this daily podcast focused on all things BYU. It is an absolute blast to bring it to you guys each and every day. I feel honored and privileged that you guys continue to tune in each and every day. And if you are new to the podcast, please share it with your family and friends. I really would appreciate you guys subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast as well. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Burning question number four for BYU Spring Camp. And keep a little, a little bit of a mystery tomorrow. We'll break that down for you tomorrow on the podcast. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Locked on Cougars for February 27th, 2019.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.